Hello everyone, I am Chris Avendano. And I am Nicholas Hiron. And we are the Idiots in Time. What the hell is Idiots in Time? Well, I don't know. What are we even <laughs> doing here? I don't even know. I'm leaving. No, Idiots in Time is a new show that we are starting about history. About what happened before our time and what makes us idiots in this very time. Just to give you a little brief history of what's going on right now. Yes, the coronavirus is still killing people, supposedly. I mean, uh, who knows? <laughs> There's a lot of things that people are saying, conspiracies and what have you. Mm -hmm. And yes, there's still rioting going on. Yep. Yep. There is still no justice. And um, yeah. And there is no peace. And there is no peace. And yes, the police still hates everyone. <laughs> and welcome to 2020, the year that still gives you, I don't know, the year that keeps on giving. There you go. And uh, boy, did it give us a real fucking dick up the ass. I mean, it ain't over yet, so hold your breath. Oh, God. You know? So basically, why don't we just give them... Um, a little idea of what this show is. Sure. So, folks, we you know this is a, an idea that I have been. Well, I mean, I've we've done this before in our other show, the Superfly House in Hollywood. We I would used to do kind of little short history segments, you know, and because I went to school, I was a history major, graduated this year. Wow. So, <laughs> and I've always kind of had this idea, you know, never really thought much of it, and then obviously coronavirus hit and. It kind of put a hiatus on us for a little bit, and then we kind of went back into the Superfly house, and then just because of life and shit, you know, we, both of both Chris and I have new jobs, and scheduling's all funky, and it's just, you know, it's been a, it's been a weird time for all of it's us. It's been a very weird time for everyone. You know? And, uh, <clears throat> just to let you guys know, Isaac and Romeo, they're, they're fine. They're good. Everybody's healthy. No Everyone's one's dead. Healthy. We're all good. No one's got the virus. Knock on, on wood. wood. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so... It's just been, you know, weird with scheduling and all that kind of jazz and shit. You know, every, everybody's got lives to live and work. That's right. And shit, you know. But, uh, you know, this idea really, I wanted to, like, really kind of push forward when I was, uh, I was going to Arizona to see my, fo to see my folks. And uh, I went with, like, my older sister and her husband. And they were putting, you know, we listened to podcasts along the way there. It's a six-hour mm -hmm. trip. Jesus And uh, we had listened. They'd put this one in. And nobody gets high. No, no. Jeez. Yeah, yeah, Chris. It's fucking so a sober six-hour drive. Sober six-hour drive. I can't do that without driving. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. I can't even do that sleeping. I need to be stoned to sleep. It's true. This is very true. But they had put this one um, history podcast on, and uh, I won't. I won't say the name, but it was good. You know, it was funny. It was two guys. It was like one guy who who knew the stuff, and another guy who didn't really know much, and he talked about. It, it was more like American history. And they were funny, and I heard, like, some of their live shows. But I kind of, they were always, you know, it's more... So I'm the guy that doesn't know <laughs> shit? <laughs> I never said that. <laughs> but some of it was kind of, not politically charged, but they had, I could see their leanings mm -hmm. when, it, when it came to it. And history is not as uh, biased as fuck from, you know, it's innate, it's, you know, it's hard for any living person to not be biased in some way, shape, or form. That's true. But given, you know, the times that we are, you know, the stuff that we get to experience here in America, and just what's, you know, God knows what's happening across the rest of the world, and what history is being taught here in America, a lot of stuff is being brought to light about statues, monuments, you know, the origins of the police, everything here in the States, and it's all coming to the surface, and there's a lot more emotions, which doesn't lead to good history or of studying it just has the people yelling and bitching at each other yeah people are very emotional these days yeah and that's not good for like healthy conversations or how to make the world a better place no you gotta pause at everything you say and then think about oh yeah. wait 
What was it? Yeah. Someone got offended at the word Hobbit the other day. They're talking about the fucking movie. And Wait. I'm there like, can we say Hobbit? Well, yes, it's the title of the fucking movie. Not only that, it's not even like... Okay, there's been, there's like okay side side note there's like okay obviously like dwarf and midget and that's been stuff. That How could you say that, Nick? <laughs> whatever. So those have been words that have been used and whatever small people don't like it, whatever the fuck they want to be called. Okay, right? Hobbit has not, as far as I am aware, has not been culturally you know has not been used actually in real life because it's not a real word. It was made by fucking what's his name, the guy who wrote Lord of the Wing, Lord of the Wings. Lord of the Wings. That's, Lord, that's yeah. a movie, upcoming movie. Yeah, Lord of the Rings was a J.R.R. Tolkien. He, he wrote this like during World War One. I. I don't think they used Hobbit to call short people, you know that. So let's fucking bring it that bring it back a notch, people. Yeah. Also, I heard one person short one short. Uh, it was like one little person say, "Yeah, midget is like the N word for midgets." I'm like, "No, it's not. It's not. I'm sorry. I will have to say it's not." Nope. Even like for Hispanics, when someone calls us a spick, it's it hurts. It's not the same. It's not the same. It the just N- you know the N word carries a lot of baggage. It carries a lot of weight, you know, yeah. and that's just hey, that's life. Well, there's, a, there's this one comedian, John Mulaney, that says a joke similar to that. He's oh. like, about little people. Mm-hmm. They're like, I don't think we could say midget. And they're like, you know, you want to know how I know it's not the same thing as the N-word? Because we're saying the word midget. <laughs> <laughs> we're not saying the N-word. N-word exactly. I might have butchered the joke, but you, we you, get, the you point. get the point. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. That, <laughs> but anyways. Yeah. But yeah, I thought about wanting to, to give everybody, you know, Talk about history. Talk about aspects of history of parts of the world that we don't get to to hear about often. Well, either in America or in the West. I can't speak on behalf of the rest of the education system for the rest of the world. But to talk about places and events and, and characters that we don't necessarily hear often, either because of political leanings or because there's just not enough time in the day to, to learn about fucking like a West African king when you're doing a uh, a U.S. history course in a high school. You know, there's not enough time in the day, right? Also, there's just a bunch of new there's things th- happening that. At, at some point, as sad as it is, it's overpowering and or like drowning out the everything other. else. There's yeah. so much. Of, like, we're going through some very important times right now. Yeah. Times that people are going to talk about. 2020 is and a year they're going to talk about for a long time. For a very long time. And um, I feel like, especially in this generation, people ain't trying to know about like King whatever from 18 whatever, you know? It's like people are just on their phones. And they're just like, yeah. you know. And I, I would like to make that. Ain't nobody yeah. opening books nowadays. Unfortunately. But I would like to make those things, these aspects of history, somewhat more enjoyable. And to, to give you the reasons why I enjoyed history. Because I, I understand if you got that shitty history teacher in school who was just listing names and dates, you were bored as fuck. Dude, I've had to read papers where like I wanted to slam my head into a wall because that's how fucking boring it was. So I understand you completely when you say you don't like history. I understand 100%. But I would like to explain to you the amazing characters and the events, and you're just like, holy shit, that happened, right? That's what makes it interesting. Either, obviously, from a lot of guys, we come from like the, the military aspect of like cool battles and shit like that. But there's just a lot of like really cool shit, and people, you're like, that dude did that, or that person invented this, or whatever, you know, right? Like Jim Jones. He's an important man in history. Yeah, yes, he is. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> I wouldn't leave it at that. <laughs> Probably not the best time to say that joke. <laughs> but um, I also thought, you know, what would be good is like to help teach you guys. You know, I'm not a teacher, right? But to help kind of give you some information. But that's also enjoy, you know, the edutainment, whatever the fuck they want to call it. But something that's, you'll walk away, maybe you have a few laughs with us. But at least you walk away with something, you know. And I would like, uh, predominantly what I'm going to talk to you guys about, not only today, but throughout the rest of the oncoming shows is 
mostly medieval and ancient stuff because that's what I really like. But I'm going to do more modern and definitely I'm going to talk about history of aspects of music because that's we're both huge music buffs here. Well, of course, and I'm I'm only here to um, contradict and make him look like an ass. <laughs> That's and to I, pick his brain here and there. That's why I love you, Chris. <laughs> Alrighty. Yeah. So, what's the subject for today? Well, for you know, for today, I'm I'm picking something that it was like the last big paper that I wrote on in school, and it was a lot of it wasn't you know it was a lot of researching, and and it was like I was fortunate enough to get a bunch of books right before the library and all the shit closed down because of the the virus. But I'm gonna talk to you guys about a subject that isn't taught that isn't discussed often in the Western world. And that would be uh, ancient Hungarians, and which were uh, which are their actual names they call themselves Magyars. Some what? Magyars. Magyars. M A G Y A R. And so I will that be offensive. I will I'm be going to say that. That's what they call themselves. Oof. But I will be switching interchangeably between Hungarian and Magyar. Same. It's the same thing. Now this isn't talked about in the West because this is all the way in Eastern Europe. And for people who don't know where Hungary is, it's Eastern Europe. It's close to Romania. Uh, Transylvania, right, you know, close to Slovakia and to uh, Russia and the Ukraine. So it's all right there. It's a very... Smack dab right in the middle. Smack right, yeah. And it's a very difficult, for everyone who's ever heard, or maybe you probably haven't, it's a very difficult, it's one of the world's most difficult languages to learn. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like they're regurgitating half it's, the time. It's, honestly, yeah. It's, it's not a pretty language. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but yeah, when you hear them talk, you're going like... I don't care who you are in the world. If you hear some form of Spanish, you can like you can pick a word out, right? Hungarian, that's not gonna happen at all. I'd be like, cause I'm half Hungarian, and like when it'd be like me and my dad, we would go see like my grandmother. It'd be like my mom, my grandmother, my aunt talking, and Hungarian, and like me and my dad would be looking at each other like, what the fuck are they saying? <laughs> like having no idea. I could just imagine. <laughs> are they talking about me? <laughs> I think I heard my name somewhere in there. <laughs> But uh, so we're going to talk about their some of their ancient origins, some of their early escapades into Western Europe. And uh, debating, uh, I'm debating this might be a two-parter episode and I might go a little more into their medieval aspects. We'll see how much info I can draw on that. But before we get into that, let me talk to you about the landscape. Let me talk to you about the actual country of Hungary. Today, it's one... It's not in Ethiopia. That's where I thought Hungary was going to be. That's a t- Is that a terrible joke <laughs> that to say, was too? Just, uh, that- I had, honestly, I don't care about the race or anything. It's just that was just a bad joke. Oh, well, you get. I'm not gonna explain. <laughs> yeah, because if you gotta explain the joke, it's not fun. <laughs> and I'm gonna kill myself tonight. <laughs> <laughs> so let me tell you all where it is. So it's uh, like I said, you know, Eastern Europe. It's one of the smallest countries in Europe today. And uh, but I'm going to tell you during this time, the early during the conquest and during its time, like in its medieval area, it was actually rather quite large. And it, it encumbered or not encumbered, it expanded. It expanded. My God, my lack of words. The entirety of the Carpathian Basin, which is located again modern Hungary, but also included parts of Slovakia, Romania, Ukraine, Austria, Yugoslavia, and Croatia. That sounds like a very good matchup at a ba- like a basketball <laughs> team in each one and just be like all right let's have it yeah so it was a pretty big place at, at its height you know and uh the carpathian the carpathian valley was towards uh kind of like the western area it was like a big drain basically for the for the valley for all the rivers there hmm. and it's located next to the dan to the danube valley and the danube river which is a very important part and you'll the hear damn you valley the danube Danube, Danube. Yeah. Oh, okay. And you'll hear like trans, you know, Transdubian and stuff. That's like the western half of the country, and going into like Western Europe. 
And then there's also actually actually fun fact. It also has the largest warm water lake in all of Europe. Oh. Mm-hmm. I'm impressed. And this uh, area is very apparently very temperate. It's very kind of like humid. A lot of heavy rainfall. Kind of like Florida, funny enough. Ah, and we know we all hate Florida. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Nick's from Florida, everyone. Yes. And the actual Hungarian plain, and I'll get more into plains in a second, which is, again, a plain, just large, vast, grassy area, is actually hot and dry. Because when it's hot, hot. it's hot. hot. That's all I got to say. <laughs> Thank you. So, I want to talk to you bosses about some of the problems. Actually, before I do that, look up Hungary, Carpathian Basin, and all that. It's a very pretty place when you look it up on Google Maps. Mm. And some of the, it's very beautiful, actually. It's one of the places that I would like to go, not only because I'm on the part, but it actually is very beautiful. There's a lot of cool, you know, like they still have like a bunch of castles and stuff out there. Oh, wow. So it's something to look up. Very like old ancient architecture. Yeah, of. a lot of a lot of old stuff there. So let me talk to you about the problems that I had with not only doing my paper some you know some time ago, but with trying to find sources if you were not in Hungary. There's very few uh, pieces of material left of our primary sources, so stuff that survived of them. So for their ancient times, they uh, let's say they didn't they we believe they had a, a written language, some kind of runic. Turkic kind of thing, so like you know, like symbols and stuff. We don't have any of that, so that means they don't have anything written. So there's nothing like ah yes, Jimmy Bob did this today. We don't have any of that. Oh. yeah. And what we do have is very scant, unfortunately. That uh, a lot of stuff that survived the medieval area, both either in Hungary or in the uh, throughout Western Europe, we have like fractions of what of what was left due to play. So like stuff that we have in Hungary was a lot of stuff was lost during um, <clears throat> World War Two. And then another, uh, yes, the Ottoman, when the Ottoman Empire existed, they invaded during the 1600s and destroyed a lot of shit, too. Yeesh. So there's <clears throat> there's not a lot of sources. When I had, I had trouble, because what sources there are, are in Hungarian, which, again, is difficult to read. It's, uh, again, discuss, talking in that language is difficult. To read it is a whole other monster. Oh, you my goodness. I could just imagine. But, yeah, unfortunately, there's not a lot of sources, especially in English. So for today... There are three main sources that these are books that you can go out and buy that uh, are actually enjoyable to read. So we have uh, I get a Hungarian historian named Guy Laszlo. Oh, I butchered man. that man's name. It just rolls right off the, the tongue. Right off the tongue. Right, actually, right out the throat. Yeah. Kind of like you're throwing up. Yeah. Uh, his book was the Magos' Life and Civilization. It's a good, fun book. It has like you know, like a lot of cool artwork and illustrations and good primary sources. Funny enough. And another book by Paul Engel, his is uh, The Realm of St. Stephen, A History of Medieval Hungary. Uh, his is another good book. That's a really good book, easy to read, enjoyable. And the last one that I will mention is The Will to Survive, A History of Hungary by Brian Cartilage. He, this man spans the entirety of like the ancient origins to modern day Hungary. Hmm. I have several other sources, both primary and secondary, stuff of like the works of Lupran and all these other things. I will list those. When I post this, I will list these so you can go and look. And I'm, pull, I'm not pulling shit out of my ass. Oh. So I will have all my sources there for you to look up. And if you want to go read, check out these books. I was suspicious because I was like, sounds like you're just making this shit up, man. Yes, yeah, so that's why you got to be careful. That's why I will post my sources. Right on. Mm-hmm. And you know, if he doesn't post his source, he will owe you money. And your time for listening to it. Uh-huh. And Well, yeah. Thank you, Chris. Yeah, I got you. <laughs> Another problem with trying to get actual Hungarian sources is what is in like the Hungary's like national archives. Their archives are poorly uh, organized, and this is something that isn't necessarily a, 
that's just relative to uh, hungry. There are a lot of archives just that are just poor. Like in my school at CSUN, there was just poorly man. They're poorly like you open a box and it's like here's shit. Have fun <laughs> sorting through it basically. So there's there is stuff there, but it's not. I decide it's not a lot, or it's just like you gotta go and you gotta dig and you gotta sort it throughout and you know do all this other shit. So again, for English speakers who are trying to find out, there's not a lot for us, unfortunately. And even for just actual scholars, there's not a lot, which sucks. As, you know, this is not only a Hungarian problem. This is people who, for any group of people across the world who were purely uh, uh, oral tradition of, of history, so no writing or no written languages at all, so that so when they die or when something happens, there's not a lot left. So, like, with the Native Americans here, mostly oral tradition, not a lot left, obviously. Yeah. So I could just imagine all the crazy things that were just not like recorded in history. Yeah, yeah. Oh man. Yeah. So with that said, let me say so the Magyars they were um they were horsemen of, of the of the plains. Now you might be asking, what are horsemen of the plains? Cowboys? <laughs> wait, no, wait, you're not wrong. But <laughs> so no. The Hungarians were just one out of many groups who would come out of the Central Asian Eurasian steppe. So the Eurasian steppe is, um, a steppe is like a long grasslands, huge grasslands with kind of knolls and some trees. And the Eurasian one, it, st- it, uh, it extends from Hungary all the way to eastern China, to Manchuria. Mm-hmm. So it covers about one-fifth of the way around the world. That's how big the Eurasian steppe is. Oh my god. And so this is where the Magyars came from, but this is also where dozens of other groups came from that all do the similar thing of riding horses and beating the fuck out of other people. I mean, shit. That yeah. that sounds like the place to be, man. Yeah, I don't know what it is. Drink, of, fight, and fuck. Yeah, basically. I don't know how hard it was to live on this place, but it has produced the most brutal, vicious motherfuckers to have, have ever existed on the planet Earth. So we're going to go back. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go through a few of these people. You're going to know a few of them. Some you won't. So the earliest of these horsemen who would come and just fuck shit up were the Scythians. They were around the 9th century BCE. And they were located in what is now Crimea or in Russia today. And these dudes were like, fuck, yeah, again, 9th century BCE. That's a fucking long time. Yeah. Again, for people who don't know, BCE and BC are the same thing. It's just the BCE is before Common Era, BC is before Christ. The BCE is basically to say, uh, to make it less Judo-Christian centric. All the dates are the same, they just wanted to change the name. Hey, I prefer it that way. Yeah. What if you don't... Yeah, I mean, just for the people that don't really believe in all that stuff, you know? Yeah. But yeah, the Scythians, they, like, they were a Turkic group, I think, somewhere from Iran or that area. And uh, yeah, they, again, these were a group, rode in on horses and just fucked shit up around the world, man. Another group... Kicking ass and taking fucking names, man. All the way to the east, we have the Zhang Yu, who were around during the... Zhang who? Bagoons. <laughs> They were around during the 3rd century BCE, and they ruled over Central Asia for 500 years. Oh. Yeah, and these, they were neighbors, obviously, to the, China, to the Chinese Empire, and I forget which dynasty. But we have a, a, China, like a Chinese uh, historian writing, you know, there are records of this guy talking about them. And he is just talking so much shit, but it's like... It's like rap wars. It basically, but... But you're like, you're, the shit he's talking about, you're like, but these, these people are amazing. He's like, yes, they're children, they're savages, he's... Once they, like, pop out of the lady, they're taught how to ride horses and hunt. And, like, you're telling me this kid is fucking two years old is riding a horse and hunting with a bow and arrow? That kid's fucking amazing! I was a dumbass at two years old. Yeah, I was, yeah. That's pretty fucking impressive. But let me ask you this. Uh, is it a miniature horse? Because a little baby on a big fucking horse, 
I don't buy it. It would probably was like a pony or something. Okay. Yeah. We'll call it a pony. Yeah. No. <laughs> now another group that I'm pretty sure everybody was is gonna know is the Huns or Attila and the Huns. The Huns. Now they were a short-lived empire that dissolved right after Attila died, but he, uh, yeah, after he died, yeah, it was not a good time because it fractured. Like it's basically his sons, and then everybody was just like, "Oh, dad's dead. Oh, I want the emperor. No, I want the emperor. No, I want the emperor." And then they all just started murdering each other, and also a bunch of draw. Of like German barbarian, not barbarians, but German tribes over in the West were like, "Oh shit, they 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 gave up, fuck them up," kind of thing. Yeah, get them while they're down. Yeah, basically, but they were first like recognized around uh, 300 circa 395 CE, and they ruled Central Europe for about half a century, so 50 years. They, hey man, do you know what destroyed them? Uh, what's it called? Greed. Yeah, and we will see. That's a, that's a that's a that's a reoccurring thing. Another another group. This this group was actually in Hungary for a little bit before the Hungarians, as, as were the Huns. Were the Avars, Avars, Avars. I don't know how to pronounce it. They were around from the sixth to the eighth, ninth century CE. So like kind of like right before the Hungarians, and they ruled in the Caucasus regions, and uh, eventually were moved out. The Caucasus. The Caucasus, and uh, they would actually go to war with the Byzantine Empire. Which uh, I'll come back to later because uh, bi- one of the Byzantine emperors will kind of uh, confuse the Avars with the Hungarians. Regardless. And then we also have another group called the Khazar Khaganet. Yeah, all of these names. Phenomenal. Khazar Khaganet. Yeah. They ruled the Caspian and the Black Seas from the 7th to the 9th century CE. And they were kind of like in a buffer zone between the Byzantine Empire and then the Umayyad Caliphate. I know I'm throwing a lot of names out there, people. It's okay. You don't got to remember anything. I'm Just think of them like bands. <laughs> yeah. But That's Byzantine, what I'm yeah. doing. Byzantine Empire is the eastern half of the Roman Empire that survived. The Umayyad Caliphate is the uh, one of the uh, large Muslim caliphates or uh, empires that ruled during the during this time period. And these guys, funny enough, while they were horsemen, they were also very good businessmen. And they controlled trade routes between Europe and the Middle East. They were a little more peaceful in a sense. They were smart. And then lastly, everybody's got to know the Mongolian Empire. Ooh. You just hear that and you just hear this, the fucking like metal in the background. Yeah. This group was obviously established by, well, as we know in the West, or by, I think by his, I believe this is how the Persians named him Genghis Khan. The Mongolians, his actual name Mongolian is Chinggis Khan. And his name before Genghis. that, Chinggis Khan. Which was established in 1206 CE and ruled for more than a century. And it was the largest land empire in the world. Ooh. Consecutive, yeah. And actually ruled well after it was his son Ogadai and then his grandson Kublai. Great time. After that, same shit with the Huns. Everybody was like, no, I want to rule. No, I want to rule. And then it just fucking went to shit after that. Oh, my God. Greed. Greed. Again, an old problem. We think it's new. It's been, it's been around for a very, very long time. Oh, yes. Right. Hey, we should just... It, I feel like we're going to see in a reoccurring thing, like history repeating itself over and oh, over and over. There's a, I forget what historian says, it, but of course, you know, those saying history repeats itself. If you know, those who don't learn what well, history is doing, repeat itself. Uh, there's a historian, I can't recall the guy's name, but it, it, it's something along the lines of, it is not history that repeats itself, but human nature. Mm. And I was like, damn. And That's then like, boom, idiots in time came in. <laughs> there you go. Like I said, this is gonna bring this is gonna bring a lot of things to light of why yeah. we're so damn stupid. Mm-hmm. And hopefully, you know, you know, this is Chris and I's first episode at this. You know, this will get better as we, you know, also because we've been out of the podcast game for a cool minute. Yes, and I just got off of work. <laughs> yeah. So let me talk to you about the Carpathian Basin again, the central aspect of Hungary before the before the Hungarians. 
So at first, so there were people there, some kind, you know, like during like Neolithic era of human people. We don't know shit about them in all reality. You know, we knew there were Carpathian people there. Don't know little to nothing. But the first people to come into that area were the Romans during the reign of Augustus during the 14th century CE. And then eventually he would lose out to another group called the Samaritans, who were other horse people. By the way, the horse people, I named the words like that's a few of them. There's a bunch of these motherfuckers. Okay, the horse people. Let me just pause right there. Yes. Do you say, so what, the horse people, they're just people on horses with weapons. With, yeah, typically they're all archers, bow, bows okay. and arrows, yeah. Okay, I was thinking, because in my mind, they were just still cowboys. <laughs> no, no guns, no guns at all. They're all bows and arrows. All right. Yeah, so but eventually the, the Roman Empire would lose that part to another group of horse people. And then eventually to the Germans and the Huns. So the, the basin would be controlled by three different parts, three different empires. So the Romans, the Avars, who are these other horse people, and then the, an aspect of the Carolingian Empire, which is a, a, a kind of like a, how would I say this? It's kind of like a French empire, but before France was like France as we know it. And this is when it was ruled by Charlemagne. I just wish you guys could see the hand movements he's making <laughs> when he said France. He did a... <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing a dance. <laughs> He's dancing. Yes, it's okay. So it was ruled by three different groups of people. So again, these three different groups, and obviously there was others in time that would have established, you know, uh, landmarks and all these kinds of things. And eventually, so like when the Hungarians would eventually move in around the eighth, ninth century CE, uh, there was stuff there, and there were these Avars and what was kind of left of these other groups, no longer Romans as we think, but people who were just there now. Small groups of people, not much, you know, to say, again, little info on this area, unfortunately. So, so the next area I'm going to talk about is when the Hungarians actually, it's called the, what is often referred to as the Conquest Era, or also, and the Raids, which occur from around 894 to, 9, to 955 CE. So, the Conquest and the Raids typically kind of occur, like, kind of simultaneously. Right on. So, the, again, the Hungarians, they, they're leaving their homeland, which I believe it's called, like, Elokits. Again, I'm butchering these words, right? Again, somewhere in the Central Asian steppe near the Ukraine, I believe. They ride into, again, on their horses, and they are being led by um, the most famous man during this conquest there and, his, and the race was a man by the name of Arpad. He was their ruler. Now, again, we'll get, I'll get into Arpad in a second. He was this, uh, the figure to unite the seven tribes of the Hungarians. So he made like a federation. And so each tribe had had their own chief, but he was the main guy. And there was also um, two other leaders. I'll get to that in a second. So he's the main dude. And there's actually statues to him and the other like seven like tribes out in Hungary. Really cool. So he's the guy who comes into the Carpathian Basin and starts leading the people into conquest. Which typically, when there's people there, it requires more often, not genocide, but sometimes. We don't know what happened, but obviously it was probably a lot of killing. And then a problem mixing in two. No, mixing it too, like what, like uh, betrays? Like, no, no, like uh, there are like natives there, and some of the people will just kind of like assimilate in with the Hungarians. Oh, so okay. cultures mixing basically. Oh, okay. Yeah, and so let me, oh God, I'm like tempted slash not tempted to say the seven names. I'm gonna try my best here, people. Let's hear. So it. the seven tribes were the ne the Neyek, the Megyar, the Kurt, the Girmat, the Tarjan, the Juno, the Kir, and the Kizi. That was a, that was fantastic. Thank man. you. And now, again, you might have noticed there are many. There's a little more than seven. Uh, again, a lot of like conjecture in, in this in this field. That in Paul Engel's book, he, they believe that two groups, the Kurt and the Garmat, formed another tribe called the <sighs> fucking it. Kurt or Oh, I thought that was the name. <laughs> <laughs> I would have believed it. <laughs> yeah, 
But again, so we think there was a lot of like these. Also, we uh, some people believe that these some historians believe that these tribes were not all ethnically Hungarian, but again, kind of mixtures, and now would eventually just be Hungarian later on, and uh, as the years would progress. And something interesting about their name, about the the Hungarian language. So it's a, it's a Finno-Ugric language again. I know it rolls off the tongue, right? Right. But they, for whatever reason, they separated from that that language tree and rolled with the Turkic language or with these other Turkic peoples. And so it's it's a unique blend of this language. And then with them isolating themselves in the Carpathian Basin, their language is something wholly unique to themselves, different from like the Slo- uh, Slovakian languages and other Turkic languages, they are very, it's an isolated language. It's very, it's very, from a linguistic standpoint, it's very, it's a very interesting story. Oh, man. I'm not going to get to that, but yeah, it's a very, it's very interesting. So again, Arpad, so I want to get into Arpad for a second. There are no historical records of this man, not only from Hungarians or from other, uh, other outside sources, which is how a lot of the information that we have of not only of this of time period of the conquest and the raids it comes to us from other sources, from non-Hungarians, from uh, Byzantine emperors, and uh, also uh, Muslim travelers, funny enough. A famous one, I don't remember if I have his name. Ah, oh, damn it, I don't think I put the poor bastard's name on here. His name is Ibn Napatuda. There's another famous traveler. God damn it. But it so, e- so this guy was like what? He, so nobody, so the only, is he's like from rumored. Like I didn't say that right. He's like a, a like a rumor or something. He, he more mythological in a sense. I would say it's like we don't know he he existed. No other outside sources said ah uh, yes uh the Byzantine emperor met with Arpa the Great. You know we there is no actual proof on for we know his children existed because we have records of uh, Zoltan or I think that was his grandson and a couple others. So again I'm not going to say he didn't exist. But there's not, there's no like, no one has ever other, no other person has ever said his name, and oh. written it down, unfortunately. That's wild. Yeah. So he might not even be true. He might not even be true. Hmm. Yeah. So our our part was the the great ruler, but he's not the only ruler. So the, the way the Magars ruled during this time was uh, there was three leaders in a sense. So you had two kind of like kings or do you know I'll say kings right. You had the main one, we'll say it was Arpad. Then you had like kind of like the other king who was a little underneath him. And then there was a third guy who was like r- underneath them. It's kind of like the, it's like two presidents and a vice president, I would say. But the main guy always having like the higher say. And then each tribe had their own chief as well. So, as a little side, side story. But again, so he is, I guess, supposedly the guy who would lead them into this era of uh, conquering quite a bit of land and uh fucking up a lot of people hell yeah yeah so there's uh let me see here and they were brutal back then too oh yeah we'll we'll get to that yeah so yeah so they first they start start going into the basin right and taking that and then they start moving outside and some of the first places they defeated were the morovians and the bulgarians bulgarians and they 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 were badass too weren't they at some point probably again i I don't know in particular but i'll get so you had to like as warriors you had to be good if yeah. not you got your ass put you know your shit pushed in but uh you know these victories you know as they slowly started spreading out would start to conquer more and more into places like transylvania and things like that right and uh let me see so eventually they would come across uh byzantine and frankish kingdom the byzantine Empire, but the frankish kingdoms there 
and uh, they would uh, the Hungarians were kind of like mercenaries at this time too. So while they're conquering and like raiding other places, they're also uh, guns for hire. We'll say so like especially when the Carolingian Carolingian Empire dissolved, it's a bunch of different. It's a Game of Thrones, so a bunch of people fighting for power and whatnot, right? And this is happening across of Europe. And so, what best to do than call the dude to their job is to fuck shit up. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, sorry, guys. It's just uh, uh, an ambulance. Uh, no, that's uh, that's the to- uh, that's the ice cream truck. I'm that was the ice cream truck. It sounded like an ambulance. I don't hear it now. Oh, maybe it was an, an ambulance. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so let me try to get back back on track here. So again, yeah, guns for hire, and these guys were—I mean, during their raids, they were. Uh, in Paul Engels' book, the modern historians are claiming they were more brutal than Vikings, because you know the Vikings, you know, they eventually obviously would come ransack a, a monastery, whatever, kill a lot of people, take women and children as slavery and whatnot. Hungarians—they would do that, but uh, th- not all the time. They would uh, come into, let's say, they come into like a small little hamlet or a, a village, right? That village would cease to exist the following day or two. Damn. Like, not, like you would come back and like, hey, well, didn't there used to be like a village here? There's fucking nothing left. <laughs> they killed everybody. Just says we were... <laughs> oh, never mind. What? No, I just, I, just, I just think of like something and blah, blah, blah was just here. Yeah, basically, yeah. You know, that's how you knew they were there when there's nothing left. Damn. They were brutal. They were, again, similar to like the Mongolians and the Huns. Uh, horseback riders with bows and arrows, uh, they were very brutal in their, in their raids of, uh, throughout Europe. And then again, they would make deals too, kind of like the mafia. You don't want us to fuck you up, pay us a fee kind of thing. And that's, they made a deal with a Frankish king by the name of Arnulf. Don't fuck me up and I'll pay you, right? <laughs> cool, basically. Also, also known as Big Tony. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he, so so Arnold, so Arnold and the Hungarians actually had an alliance with him, as other people did, up until eight ninety nine. That's when he died, and then his son, his son. I don't know why I said song. Song. His son, by the name of Louis the Fourth, also known as Louis the Child. The child. Not, huh. not not a good name uh, or nickname. So he was, a, you know, the king of, uh, of Bavaria. He, the Hungarians go to him and say, like, "Hey, we'd like you know you to keep the deal that we had with your with your father," and he said, "No." Bad choice. Bad choice. That fucking child. Why'd you add... So why'd they call him... The child? I don't know why he called him the child. I think not because of his... I could be wrong. I didn't I didn't look into this. I don't think it was because of his youth. I think it's because he was probably a little stupid. Ah, oh, the child. Or immature, we'll say. Regardless, oh, he said... A little said, blue. Blue or green? A little green. There you go. Okay. A little gray. Whatever the fuck you want. A little green, yeah. But anyway, a he's... Ret- <laughs> a little retarded. Chris, we're a PC podcast. Oh, sorry. <laughs> th- <laughs> Won't happen again. No, I'm kidding. But anyway, he says no, and the Hung- and the Hungarians say okay. And so for the next fifty years, they decide to fuck up the rest of Europe. Ah. And so they will raid Central and Western Europe. So let me. They go Central, Southern, and Western Europe. So let me let me talk to you about some of the places that they invaded. They invaded aspects of Italy, France, Germany. And when I say Germany at this time, it's not the modern day Germany. It's like an area that includes German states. It's okay. not modern day Germany. Not even modern Germany is very young. But by Germany, I mean Bavaria, Swabia, Saxony. They include they invaded Spain, 
Burgundy, which is part of France now, Lombardy, which is northern Italy, and Constantinople. It's a lot of places. Constantinople. Constantinople. Yeah. There was Christian... Again, 50 years of them just... Again, before I continue, I'm, I get, I'm getting ahead of myself, so I'm sorry. I want you to imagine, you're on a horseback. You have to get from fucking Russia, roughly, you, you know, I'll just say it, from Russia to Spain. I want you to think of that horse ride. I want you to think about that fucking poor horse. <laughs> Fuck the guy on top of it <laughs> killing everyone. That poor horse is going, well, here we go again. Yeah. <laughs> but think about it. I think like if you got to go, like if you got to take a six-hour flight or a drive, and you get out and you're tired, you got jet lag, you're like, fuck. Now imagine you got to do that and then murder people on top of that. Or fight other armies. And then again, the horse. And then the horse. And I, you know, funny enough, the Hungarians, they were very smart. They wrote, they typically would bring three horses. Each individual would bring three horses in the military. So they could switch off for these long rides. So when one horse got tired, he switched off to another. And also a great part is that makes it look like that your army is much bigger. When you see them coming over the mountain. And instead oh, of yeah. maybe, you know, 10,000, like 30,000. So where, looks, where would they leave that horse to rest? I think it would just kind of trail back further. It'd, just be, it would, it would it'd be like in the back of the, of the formation, I think. Dang. Yeah. But hey, smart. Horses, uh, dude, I, the, horses in history, that would be a thing, man. Imagine <laughs> just the great horse. The that, great stories that they, if only they could tell. Yep, he sat on my back, and then <laughs> after that, we kicked ass, took names, and he- raised hell, <laughs> and went home. <laughs> and I always had a good, good meal. And then, or the, there's the other one that just snapped their legs and just get, sh- uh, well, I guess they didn't have guns back then and get decapitated. I mean, hey, you still get shot with an arrow. Shot with, oh, yeah. that sounds terrible. Yeah, but yeah, horses have been extremely important in human history, especially for like uh, like the Mongolians, actually, they're, and their culture of the horses are very, very much so important. I bet you people have more horses, they fit in houses. Instead, they had to kind of uh, get dogs, <laughs> the lesser than horse. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, so th- these raids were brutal, man. They, 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 no holds barred. These guys were, they, they were thirsty for blood. Oof. And uh, it was so bad, there was Christian liturgy created just for the Hungarians. Really? Which is fucking metal as fuck. I will, and I'm going to quote, this is from Christian liturgy. I, I, I put, I When quote, you say that, that's like, what, the Bible? Yeah, not the Bible, but like a priest would, you know, would write them out. And that would be like part of like daily prayer when you're in fucking Germany, basically. Okay. So I will, I will, I will quote and such. Oh, save and deliver us. Thine unworthy servants from the arrows of the Hungarians. End quote. Woo! Yeah. That's a guitar solo right there in the end. Yeah. And uh, I, got, I got a few other quotes. That I, well, maybe I'll pepper them in or whatever. But uh, there's one that I would, I'll just throw in here from a, a man by the name of Lupran, who was a, a, a Christian priest. He said, and I quote, The Hungarian people, whose savagery almost all nations have experienced, and who with, show, with God showing mercy... Terrified by the power of the most holy and unconquered King Otto. Oh, damn. Yeah. These dudes were no joke. The Hungarians. Yeah. So also, by the way, the Hungarians at this time were pagan or polytheistic. They had believed in multiple gods. And so they were they were raiding Christians. So obviously the, that was a conflict, of, not conflict of interest, but uh, it fueled the fire of Christians not liking uh, pagan, you know, pagan tradition. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, there's a lot of, like, un- like these unworthy swine came and, like, sw- it's, it's fucking crazy. Man, they must have been, like, fucking subhuman or something. 
With the hunger? No, they weren't yeah. sub. They were people, but it's just they were. That was part of their. And weren't culture. people smaller back then? Holy Not, shit! So that that's I believe that to be a common misconception. It depends on where and when you lived, and obviously your diet. So like uh, actually like, uh, or like uh, antiquity and like or ancient time or like medieval like medieval aspects of um, like say Britain. If you lived out in the fields and stuff. You were actually, average height was probably close to like six feet tall. It's just like when you live in the cities, you were probably a little shorter because it shitty, health, shitting living qualities and poor food and things like that. Ah, I So see. it depends, you know. Of course, you got to take, you know, genetics. Like, I, I do believe, like, I think, like, the Japanese, even during, like, samurai times, were, they're just generally short and all, you know. So it all just really depends where and when. So people were short at times, but it, not always. Oh, I see. What it is the, the shortest people, like, uh, what do they say? They're like a... Uh, Huh? The pygmies? No. Are those? A I'm not sure. People? I could be. I could be making something up entirely. Don't quote, don't trust me on that one. All right. Yeah. But no, people have been sure. It just depends on their diet and kind of like the living conditions and the quality of life. Oh, we got lucky, I guess. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. But yeah, so these guys would raid for fucking fifty years of uh of life, and so and doing and within these fifty years again, they were expanding out the their their nation or not what we consider a nation at the time. It was just kind of the area in which they lived in. And so, uh, before I get to the end of the raids, I'll... Or should I talk about the raids? I'll talk about the raids. Why not? Or the end of the raids, we'll say. Let's talk about the raids. You know? So, again, we don't have, no, you know, accurate numbers, I'll say, or I couldn't find numbers on this. I'm sure maybe there's a historian or a Hungarian historian who does have some of the numbers of the raids or people who do... Anytime you read numbers in ancient or medieval warfare or kill counts or stuff like that, you have to take it with a grain of salt. Because it's people of the time either, or not even of the times, but generally people 50 to 100 years after the event talking about it. Or it's people who are maybe, you know, Christian writing about a different group that they don't like and so they'll make shit up. So like, for example, uh, unrelated to this, when like uh, the Crusades were happening, so battles between uh, Christians and Muslims, the Christian scholars would write one thing and then the Muslim scholars would write another thing. And like, so all we will we'll cross reference and be like, okay, we know kind of happened here at this time. Everything else is conjecture because they're trying to make their side look better. Yeah. So when you see these numbers, of course, when you're getting your shit pushed in by the Hungarians, you're going to make them look like the devil, right? When you're, when they are pagan and you are Christian, they are the devil. They are the worst people ever to exist. You don't get to see them when they're back home playing with their kids, you know, and being people. Yeah. I mean, did that even happen? Yes, it did. Oh, man. I, they're like, play with the, like, I'm like, all right. I could just imagine what playing is for them. Uh, it's probably just poking at a dead, like, <laughs> enemy or something. Or, like, learning him. I'm going to teach you today how to decapitate somebody. Yeah. But, yeah, so the, the numbers of uh, either when it comes to military stuff or kill counts, it's always, it's always, you know, what the actual primary sources say, it's always, you know, take it with a grain of salt. And then you got to go with what the historians are saying and just kind of... It's not set in stone, we'll say, right? So I'm like, I can't give you any numbers. But what I can give you is typically how these raids were brought to, to an end. And this was in 955 by the German, one of the German kings, by the man named, now known as Otto the Great. Otto. Yeah. And he would... <laughs> I just think of the Simpsons. Uh, Otto. Otto. Yeah. <laughs> that's all I can think. I'm not, that's all I'm going to think about when I hear Otto now. Yeah, Otto was quite the, he was quite the king. He was able to actually, you know, unite the different dukedoms and kingdoms of, uh, of, of the German nations, which helped and put, would, and help, would, would be a great benefit in helping them push back the Hungarians. 
So by this point, the Hungarians had already been doing their shit for fifty years. So people had gone wise to how they how they fought, how they, you know their battles. They knew you can't have a if you fought them on open plains and open fields, you were fucked. That was their bread and butter. So you had to kind of either you had to change. You had to bring them into a, a place that you needed to fight them. Now, unfortunately, the way this battle happens, we don't know. Again, there is no primary sources or a lot of stuff that says this is how it unfurls and whatnot. We have two people who wrote it, Lupron and then another historian or another uh, priest, I'm sorry, monk, I don't remember his name. Neither of them actually talk about the battle. So That's crazy. So how do we meet? We know it happened. How how do we know it happened? I don't want to sound like that guy. We know the aftermath. Basically, we oh, know that Otto was victorious, and that uh, the Hungarians lost. It's just how that happened. We don't. We don't really know. So this battle is known as the Battle of Leshfield. It happened in 955, and I believe it was either was it July. Yeah, sometime in July it happened. And they think again. Think it was either like a th- no, not even. Some say it's a three-day battle. Some think it was a one-day battle. Again, it's unfortunately don't really know. But. It was this battle that would push the Hungarian back and stop their rage from happening. Again, there's theories on how Otto beat them, either bringing them into the forest or the Hungarians were at this time where they were comfortable, where they were so they weren't as fierce in their attack. We have no fucking idea. But the, his, uh, their defeats would, uh, would put a stop to their raids. So after 955, there'd be a raid or two here and there. But nothing significant after that, which is, I'll get to that later. Into how that cha- into how that changes it. But uh, let me talk to you a little bit about their their lives, their actual like when they weren't outside fucking shit up left and right here. So they weren't an so the Magyars they weren't an entirely nomadic group of people as some people you know like riding horses going with the flow of the seasons right they weren't entirely that they actually were uh, sedentary and would. Uh, uh, make places to stay and, and like settle down basically so they would have um we have uh archaeologists of them having uh ditches or permanent housing around like a defensive perimeter and uh the high the high end the high end people lived in uh what are called yurts which are basically fancy tents the yurts yurts oh okay it's a big fancy uh, people tent. use that to like Yurts, yeah. They, don't the people use that for like fishing and stuff nowadays? They still have. Them. I know, man. Yeah, people still use them today. It's, it's like a really big, cool tent, basically, right? And the, the yurts themselves, they belong to the high-ranking folks of society. That's and, crazy to think about. That the fucking highest person in society was living in a fucking tent. And it was a nice. And tent. now, it was a nice tent. But now, the lowest people in our society are the ones living in tents. Yeah, and we find that they actually had like fireplaces and stoves in there. We have no idea what they made in it, but we know that they had, you know, like. Stuff to cook and to eat. Again, these were these were human beings. I mean, yeah, human beings, but from the history that just from what it sounds like, they're probably eating people. <laughs> I mean, think about it. They're killing so many people. Oh. Let's just take a couple of them. No. As far as we're aware, there's no uh, sources of cannibalism. Oh, yeah. But uh, again, these people they, they they were farmers and whatnot, so they cultivated stuff like wheat, rye, millet, and grapes. You know, they had swine and poultry, horses, cattle, stuff like that. They you know. They were people who just, you know, this is where we're going to settle down kind of thing, right? Right. And there we go. That's the guy. So there's, again, another side note. There were a lot of Muslim travelers during this time who were going around the world and just documenting uh, the world around them. This was actually a golden era uh, of Islam at the time of sciences and mathematics and religion. It was fucking amazing. And so there was a lot of guys who went around. And, like, there was another guy who went to, like, the 
to like Sweden or I forget where somewhere uh, to the, one of the Nordic countries and met the Vikings. There's a famous man named Ibn Battuta who traveled the world and, and wrote his travels down. But this man, Ibn Rusta, is one of the guys who we have our sources from the Hungarians. And he wrote, again, to further hone in that, they wrote, they possess leather tents, they, and they travel together in search of herbage and abundant pasturage. They have, they have many cultivated fields. So again, showing that they were both nomadic, but also which set down and we're going to make a garden, we're going to have places to, uh, to stay. Which is, uh, again, kind of changes the way people would see a group like this or similar like Mongolians or whomever, right? Also, fun fact, Mangars practice falconry, similarly to Mongolians and other groups. And it was used for hunting, mainly. So now, uh, to uh, the Magyar's religion, uh, they were, again, like I said, polytheistic, so they had more than one god or spirit, depending on how you want to phrase it. They were shamanistic, or they, as they called themselves, tautos, which are cunning, cunning folk. Mm. Those, were like the, those were the priests. Now, unfortunately, much of their ancient uh, religion has been lost. Or believed to be lost. Uh, yeah, I guess. That shit sounds crazy. There's very, there's very little known, and a lot of uh, Hungarian historians have been digging, trying to find archaeological stuff. Now, what we do know, again, I there is that there was multiple gods, and there's something like an upper, a middle, and a lower worlds. Um, I again, me trying to do stuff, trying to do some research, I couldn't. I saw stuff on Wikipedia, and I'm like, I can't. I, again, we don't. You can't trust Wikipedia. And yeah. That's what they. Hold, People that's what they, edit that. That's shit what they it. hammer into you on school. Yeah. But that, I, there's stuff that I, I, would, I would go back and look into. Uh, but again, unfortunately, we just don't know. There's very little, which sucks, you know. That really does suck, man. Because it's probably just as, you know, as crazy as any other ancient religion with their own cool, really cool stories and whatnot. But we just don't know. But uh, we see, again, when we see, you know, when I describe them or when other people describe them as these savage warriors, they were that. But they were, again, they were people and they were actually at home. They were... The higher folks of society, they were very well. Uh, how would I say? When you saw them, they looked very aristocratic, with gold, you know, gold and linens, and like when you saw like the like the weapons that the royalty were used engraved with runes and etching, very beautiful. Like you can't be a dumbass to do that. I mean, they were very smart, and the shit they made was really like intricate and stuff. And to make a, a composite bow, not everyone can do that. Yeah. So again, they were very you know. And either the ones making that are the same people going out to battle? Yeah, typically. Jeez. I'd imagine. Again. And uh, and we see that, you know, from burial sites, again, uh, the higher folks were buried with their jewels, their ornament, and even their horses. So, again, we, we see a similar thing that, you know, we know a lot because of ancient Egypt, but something that many groups have practiced is, like, either higher folks of society, kings or whoever, being buried with other, their stuff, basically, to either aid them and the other side... Or whatever, for whatever reasons. Would they do like the Egyptians and get buried with their maids? Uh, I, we don't, as far as what I know, we didn't see that. But I wouldn't be surprised. Again, they, they buried them with their horses and a bunch of their other shit. I wouldn't be too surprised. Must suck to be a maid in those times. Well, anytime. I mean, yeah. being, you know. You know, it's like, I forget what what group this is. But um, if you were a slave to like the king or this individual, right? And uh, the, the king died, right? And, you know, he's going to be buried... The slaves would also have to be buried. So if you were alive, Jeez. you got the you got so so you can aid them in the afterlife. So if you think of it like you're like fool, yeah, my sentence is done. The king is dead, or my leader, or like you know your your owner, like nah, man, you gotta go with him. Fuck! Why don't you just kill yourself? I mean, you're, they're gonna kill you anyway. 
Yeah, but I mean, if you kill yourself, you don't have to kiss his ass and all that shit. Well, I don't, again, I don't remember what group this was. Or again, slavery is different across the world and is not what we always think of it, we'll say. Okay, man, I hope slavery back then was like, cool. It's, it's, it's not cool, but uh, oof, this is a whole other, I can do a whole other episode just on slavery. Slavery has... I didn't mean cool. I mean, like, it was just like, well, better. at least you got to go home and, like, yeah. or, like go sit yeah. down and, you know... So every every group or every culture across the planet has practiced slavery. From Native Americans, all, you know, from Native Americans in California, all the way to, you know, uh, you know the Chinese in the East. You know, so again, everybody has practiced it. It's, and it, it varies on what we think of it. It's not all chattel slavery as we knew it in the Americas. I don't think slavery is cool. I, didn't, I, I don't I want know, to... Chris, I know you okay. don't. I'm saying it for everyone else. Everyone, yeah. But again, yeah, slavery is different. Like, it, Roman slavery, you almost got a pension and, like, retire. It's, it, it varied from place to place, mm-hmm. all I can say. Anyway, so the, the upper class, they were buried with, like, the best of the shit, right? And so we know that um, there's kind of like a three, uh, kind of like a three-level hierarchy to, the, to their societies from, from what we can gather from their burial system. So, again, you had the higher-ups. Those were, like, the badass, the cats in the yurts. Those were the top, that's the top of the food chain, probably the chiefs and whoever, right? Then you had the middle class, again, middle class, which, uh, you know, I air quotes, which were the warriors, right? The, the dudes going on the battle, who they were grouped in like smaller kind of burial groups with a couple guys. And then lastly, you had what is in a sense the peasantry, the, the poor folks who were cultivating. Those are the guys who are cultivating the fields that are buried in like groups of like a hundred and some shit, basically. Yeah. And so that's kind of how we know. Okay, we know there was some kind of the basic system of their of how they structured society. Again, unfortunately, we don't. It sucks because we don't know what their day to day life was, which would open to see how much more of you know people that they were. You know, which which sucks, but is what it is. It is what it is. Hey, but you know what? Mm-hmm. I I'm so glad that those people ain't around no more. Yeah, it would. Yeah, it, it was definitely quite. Make, it make ISIS look like. Like a bunch of... And that was just one group of people, man. Man, man, man. There's people before the people after them that... Like, warfare during that time was harsh. Oh, yeah. It was... Especially because you don't just get shot. You get fucking stabbed and you got to oh, bleed yeah. out. Everyone there has either got to bleed out or get, like, fucking chopped up. Because they got, like... Oh, well, I get stabbed, too, because of the fucking um, bows. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sucks. But, uh, you know, what's uh, I find uh, one of the many things that's interesting is that we see that throughout history. We see... Not only the Magyars, but the Avars, the Huns, and all these different people being, and the Scythians uh, being, uh, their names being thrown back and forth. Because of the other people who don't know, like Ibn Rusta and like the uh, Leo the Sixth of the Byzantine Empire. When he talks about the Magyars, because he, he, he meets them and tries to make a deal with them, he, he talks about them and he you basically uses word for word of another historical source of the Avars, people who were there uh, about 100 years prior to them. So we see all these people were very similar in their ways. And something, it's funny that modern Hungarians, they have been trying to, you know, make the connection to Attila the Hun, right? Because he was in that area, but before a couple hundred years, before the modern Hun, modern-day Hungarians were the Magars. So they try to make them, like, all he, like, we're descendants of them, and really, eh, probably not. Yeah. Which is funny. But regardless, I mean, the Magars themselves, it's like, it's quite, quite a... A, a brutal people like if you want to be descendants of badass warriors you de- definitely are yeah you know and uh another, there was wait, where was another like there's a lot of badass warriors back then dude it was living a... back then must have sucked oh fuck yeah for sure it did 
It definitely did. But, uh, yeah, there's a, another quote or two I would like to uh, show off just because of, like, this game, like, them during the raids and people, like, talking about them. And uh, let me see here. Which, which one do I want to... Uh, okay. So, okay, I'll put... This was another from Works of Lupron, so another guy who was who had kind of seen them but never got to... He was, like, one of the guys who talked about the battle in King Otto but didn't write anything. And he wrote... I quote, Moreover, the Hungarians, having carried, out, having carried out their scheme, unable to satisfy their evil cravings with so great a massacre of Christians, instead ravaged and totally burned the kingdoms of the Bavarians, Franks, Swabians, and the Saxons, so as to satiate their lust per day. Nor was their nobles and the kings who had owned the land and vegetation most likely the... Oh, wait, oof. That's a totally different thing. Sorry about that. Nor was there anyone who could withstand their advance except with the great strain or in the place strongly fortified by nature. And the people were made tribute to them for several years. Dude, that is badass. Yeah. Again, and, and it's funny. I, I remember when my teacher, my professor asked me, like, why don't I think, why didn't I think uh, Hungarians or the Magyars weren't as readily talked about as, like, the Vikings, you know? And I kind of, you know, I kind of gave an answer that, you know, we don't. We don't see it in like in pop culture, but having like thought about it afterwards, you know, it's something where it's like, because it's the Western, you know, the Western world took over the, the rest of the world after, right? So we got their history. So we got Britons and Francis, and the Vikings had much more, arguably, much more of an impact than the Magyars did, unfortunately, you know. But this is something like they they rode from they rode across the entirety of the European continent to fuck shit up in like Spain, and they made it to the Atlantic Ocean. Oh shit! You know. If only they made it across that oh, fucking sea, man. Yeah, shit, right? I'm glad they did. But it, it's uh, it's something I find so interesting because while Otto, their defeat also would put Otto as the king of the uh, of Germany and as uh, like the Holy Roman Empire. He would be he. This would catapult him into like I saved Christendom from the pagan Magyars, and so that again, that's another big thing that changed the world to this day. You know, mm-hmm. which is, you know, I find like, why don't we talk about that? That's fucking nuts that these dudes, you know, we'll talk about the Mongolians for days. And that's not, of course, they were fucking nuts and changed the world again. But this is uh, just one of the many groups that we see that isn't talked about as much or should, you know, I believe should be at least mentioned a hair more. Oh, but yeah. again, I'm biased in that respect, you know. So, again, I'm thinking... Given that we've been going in at about an hour or so, we're probably going to do a two-parter, hopefully. I'm going to hopefully bring you guys their medieval aspects so when they uh, uh, when they cross over and become Christians themselves and actually make the nation of Hungary as like an actual nation is what we think about it and some of the stuff that happens there and some other players that are Hungarian in association that are kind of famous. And uh, yeah, we'll see. Oh shit! Well, uh, that's the first episode. Any 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 questions, Chris? Yes, yeah. plenty of questions. <laughs> Go get yeah, lay it on me. All right. For one, uh, this guy, these guys, do they 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 should have musicians playing behind them? Did they kind of have any kind of music like music? Uh, what's it called? Accompaniment. Yeah, like what what the fuck? I mean, because there's music since way it's, before yeah. you know. What do they listen to? That, that's a great question. I don't know. That's one of the things. I don't even know what kind of instrument. I've got an answer. Had. It's fucking metal, man. Before metal was metal. Well. I don't know. That was it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I have no questions. Well, well we appreciate you all hopefully you know, checking out this new show. I knew I was a bit uh, 
scatterbrained, just so much I want to talk about and so much trying to make it in an order. And I, like I said, I don't really know th- nothing, so... But hopefully the next... If we do a part two, if I do a part two, it'll be more organized. Or regardless, the next episode will be more, more organized. Yes, definitely. Well, yeah. Thank you for listening in, if you did. Yeah. And if you didn't, well, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we hope you enjoy the show. And definitely, as the show progresses, it will obviously get better and... And when we've been we've been a little rusty, obviously. Definitely. Well, we hope you guys enjoyed. Hopefully that uh, you know I'll, I'll post all my all the sources, but I hope that this interests you enough to want to go and research it yourself, and just look up something. You know, again, educate yourself in something new. You know, I, I hope that that's the most you can take away from this. Is that at least you're like, oh, that's interesting. Let me read more about this. You know, that's right. And for everyone else, I mean, not everyone else, but for everyone, be safe. Don't ruin your neighborhood by rioting. Yeah. And please, wear a fucking mask. (laughs) (laughs) All right, everybody. You have a good night. And thanks again for listening. 2020. Later. (laughs)